Today I don't feel like podcasting, which is an odd thing because I normally do. So here's what I'm going to do instead. Welcome to Metaphysics of Photography Podcast, where we discuss elevated personal branding for mystical misfits and rock stars, as in crystals. I am Adanis, also known as Ultra, your host. Let's get started. Well, what I'm going to do instead is podcast anyways, because one of the things that I've learned is that discipline is freedom. (coughs) Okay, why is discipline freedom? I actually don't know. Or maybe I do know, and that's not the thing that's um, interesting me right now. What I'm more interested in is what do you do, right? Like, what do you do in those moments where you don't want to do the thing? Most of the time we start off at courses, programs, um, new ab- adventures, very, very, very excited. We're driven by this excitement. We're like, oh my God, like, what's this going to happen? And like all energies, right, that rise and falls and we fizzle, our energy fizzles back down to maybe the normal. And let's not say that it's negative, but maybe just a more neutral state. And we start to... Um, to like wonder and to ask ourselves, right? And so one of the things that I was thinking is, well, do I want to podcast every day to get my message out? Or do I want it to for self-expression? Or do I want it for calibration work? Or do I want it um, because that's the thing I was told to do? Um, I think that you can get into habits um, and use a lot of ease that comes from building, you know, the habits, but also that, that you can be habitual and intentional simultaneously. And so instead of giving into, because normally what I would do is like, I would just be like, okay, let's troubleshoot this. And I will find a topic and I will go live, right? But it will take me quite some time to get like into it. And I'll be like, fine, I'll be like, okay, just do it. Cool. But sometimes that is an enormous drain of time right because all the time that I could just be here talking to you getting you know the energy moved letting that getting out of the way so then the message come through instead of doing that which is the thing that I have to do I'm planning and utilizing all this time on on thinking the thinking disease right thinking 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 and then for what then I just go and talk about whatever anyways Sometimes I want to talk about something and I'll start that thing and then I'll be talking about a whole other thing at the end. So the challenge was, okay, so what are we going to do instead of going into thinking, thinking, thinking? Because sometimes thinking is the problem. Now, I don't want to say that because it's not true. Thinking could be the problem. Thinking is the problem in the sense that if you stop what you're doing, if you're instead of progressing and moving forward, you stop to think, then that is indeed a problem. But out of your thoughts is what everything emerges. That is the the energy. It's in that thought form. And if you have a lot of thoughts of that thought, then we build momentum. And momentum is actually what happens to the energy before it manifests into material things so i want you to think about manifestation um from like these three different um planes let me see if i wrote it down somewhere because i was thinking about this earlier and i can't find it um but i want you to think about manifestation as the energy momentum 
that is required for for the material right for the materialization of things and so in order to have a quantum jump or in order for vibration to shift you have to change the energy and so how do you change the energy well you add more energy i was watching a show the other day about electricity and they had this huge um electricity thing that i think that was like nikola tesla that made it up or something invented it and the a little the little one you can um they could turn it on and you can feel the magnetism right and the people on the show were talking about like wow the power and they were like well that's the little one and the funny thing is that i'm here all the way at my house not even not even sure what this place is at and and watching this on a recording and i can just sense the frequency of the energetic pulse from that little thing they were playing with and then the guy was just like yeah now you have to step back because we're gonna do the the big ones like a thousand voltage or whatever i don't remember exactly but it was a lot more and they were talking about like how powerful it is and why you have to um step back and then what happens to the air when you have all that energy you know because i think they notice like it smells weird now it's like all that energy that was being like communicated through the the air and then you can see like you know how lightning has like those little squigglies you can see the squigglies and the guy is like i'm a little scared right like the presenter is like dude this is a lot of power and um anyways the whole thing is that you can understand that there was that little energy and then you added more energy and when you added more energy the potency of the energy increased it was palpable it was um unignorable so i'm getting what i'm getting to the point is of adding energy to the problem not taking energy away right um or if you're and and some people is like well you can't add energy to lex like no obviously you can add energy to nothing so just add energy right <laughs> so we need more energy and we can agree right we can understand that thoughts are energy and that emotions are energy in motion right so the more emotion that you have right that's the more energy in motion so you start to see that what moves the needle is the momentum but the momentum is built up in thinking because thinking is energy so when you are thinking and before it could actually manifest you need to build the momentum in the thinking space right you can't just have one thought of like i wish i had a better life and then that's it done right there's no momentum there and that could have been a wonderful idea and you could have no resistance towards that idea but if you really truly had no resistance to the idea really shortly after hanging on to that thought another thought just like it and slightly better will pop up and i asked spirit i was like why is it always slightly better and it's because our natural innate is like who we really are is good right so if we are to strip away all the things all the illusion all the things that are keeping us from seeing that we are the divine then that's that's it we're the divine so everything that is keeping that obscure right it still doesn't change that you're the divine being right it, the fact that you cannot tell that you're special doesn't mean that you're not special so it always has a bias that so it, think about life always having a positive bias right so it, i think it's a really cool perspective 
and an understanding because if who you really are innately is a divine emanation of God, you are innately good. So no matter what you do, you have a good bias. You are going to get better results than you thought. And when you think you're going to get good results, you're going to get even better results than that because we have that good bias, right? And in church, if we want to talk a little bit church in here, we call that grace, motherfuckers. We call that grace. So oftentimes we we kind of shit on one one thing over the other. Some people are like the thinking disease. Don't think, just act. And honest to goodness, if thinking wasn't required, I don't think that the divine intelligent being of, of God would give us things that are completely useless, right? For a long time when people used to have their appendix removed, it was this belief that like this isn't a, a useless organ that has no purpose. And now, dun, 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 having dependence has been um, connected to, that when, to infections. And when people get their appendix removed, they live shorter because they get, mo- they get sick more. Can you even imagine how stupid we are as human beings? We're like, cut that shit off. We don't need that. Throw it in the trash. And years later, it's like, oh... We do need that. Like, of course the fuck we do. What makes you think that we didn't? It's in our bodies. That's why I don't think that, you know, getting rid of the ego or even shitting on the ego is bad. I think it's just like leave the ego alone. If spirit didn't think we needed one to navigate the earthly terrains, then we wouldn't have one. So like, 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 let all of you be sacred. Let nothing about you be like, well, this is a shitty part of me. There's shitty parts about me. Oh, you talk a lot. Well, that's what makes me good on radio, right? Like, ah, every single thing. The Bible tells us that you're going to turn your ashes into beauty. That's what's going to happen. So let's talk about what ashes is. You fucking burn to a crisp, right? There's nothing. When you burn a person up, cremate them, they go spread the ashes. There's nothing, just dust, powder. They're going to turn that into beauty. So imagine the process of cremation. You're dead. You're taking a dead body, burning it up, and then they're dispersing it. Right? It's, it's the idea that everything that is supposedly meant to harm us is actually our, our, our gift. Um, this is a really, really sneaky one because sometimes people are just like, well, I don't want to be my, in my victim. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel inferior. And then we do all the shadow work to try to get rid of that. And I, I just had this realization one day. I was meditating and I was like trying to get rid, you know, trying to heal myself, trying to get rid of the nasty shit about me. And I'm sitting there and I had this very real moment, this very real moment where I was like, okay, well, I don't want to get rid of it. I Instead of looking at all the things that I wanted to get rid of, I had this very clear, different perspective that I didn't even know I owned until I had to put it into work. I was meditating and I was like, let's get rid of some shit. And I, instead of finding stuff to get rid of, I was finding things I was grateful about. I was like, well, I don't want to get rid of my childhood. Uh, you know, it seems fucked up. But first of all, sacred contracts tells me that I chose everything. So if I'm going to blame anyone, I should really blame myself. Second of all, without any of those challenges, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And I really have come to really love and respect who I am right now. So I don't want to change my childhood. It's like, well, maybe I should have changed that. 
you know, I got slapped around a little bit. It's like, yeah, I know. And I know my little girl inside is like, I didn't want to get slapped around. I get it. I get it. But I'm fucking tough. I'm the toughest girl I've ever fucking known. I, I would take on a fucking man. So if I had to tolerate a little bit of abuse to be this tough, then that means that that was a requirement. And I don't want to change that. I don't want to change that about me. So I kept going through the list of, of things that I would change about my past that were broken and harmful and hurtful. And I couldn't find anything. And I suddenly found myself feeling grateful for my past and knowing that it was perfect. Perfection is not what you think. I feel like perfection is just radically being able to see the truth for what it is. And so I had a moment where I didn't want to change anything about my childhood when that's all I've ever wanted, to heal the past, to heal the past. And I think I even mentioned yesterday on my podcast, on my podcast, that, you know, the same people that I criticize, and I still talk about the shit because um, I don't use it as of, it's not painful, but it is helpful. It is informative. It is going to, it is my story. It is a story that I chose to tell. And it's a story that I'm choosing to leverage, you know, for whatever work I'm supposed to do in the work, in the world, whatever that may be. <laughs> and I promise you that it will not be one fixed thing. It will change. You are meant to do many, many things in the world. This whole idea of like, I am a coach forever like oh my god yawn how boring are you so you had success as a coach and suddenly you find that maybe you don't have success as a coach maybe the coaching had an expiration date on it and you just can't let go practice letting go okay so what i did today was like i don't feel like podcasting and i kind of lally gag for a while but after a while i was like look and i started to like let me go into my objections let me and i was like i don't want to do that and I was like, I'm just going to grab, grab my recording device and, and just turn it on and allow the turning on of the recorded to be a sort of turning on of myself, a turning on to a higher frequency in which whatever decides to come through, it is what it is, right? And then I can just, in a way, right, my inner child is happy about this. In a, in a, in a way, I can escape responsibility. It's like, look, I didn't choose to do this. I really didn't. Okay. This path led me here and here I am. And I didn't choose to be called to do this. And I didn't choose any of this. I didn't. We've been told that we have choice and have choice and have choice. And I think that the choice comes in how you live your life, but you have already agreed in the ethers above, above where it counts that you came here to do something cool and something amazing, something adventurous. And that shit looks like your life right now. That's it. I mean, if we could just drive a lot of power and understanding from like our destiny, I know that no matter what I choose, I could have been a famous photographer. I could have been a famous painter. I could have been a famous anything, anything that I do. I love to do it. I'm such an artsy, crafty person. Yeah, but don't you understand that then that, that, that for me is incredibly insightful because that means that it matters not how and what you choose. That you have this, this, this different type of confidence that comes over you. It's like, look, I feel like this shit is going to happen. 
I am completely released from if I get famous or don't get famous. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I feel like I'm meant to to be famous. So if I am meant to be famous, then the thing's going to happen on its very own. And what I'm meaning to to do is to do activities that fill me with love and joy and pleasure. And the more love and pleasure I have, the more reasons why I can become known. So many years ago, many, many years over, oh my God, I'm looking at one of the pearl pendulums that I did. It's so beautiful. It's like, it's so beautiful. It's hard to believe that it's like something I did. It's like my one of my favorite pieces. And I had wanted to do pearl stuff for years. I'm talking probably since 20, maybe 18, 2019. I mean, it was a while ago. And the reason I know this is because at that time, I was working with a coach named Margie. I haven't talked to Margie in years. Before COVID, before just, and so I know it was a minute ago. And I just remember being called into working with pearls um, in the same way that people are called to work with, um, you know, runes or with bone or tea leaves or um, any other metaphysical, uh, you know, crystals. Um, And it's interesting because I... I knew the name, I knew everything about it, a lot about the branding, and I was thinking ideas of bracelets and and jewelry that was metaphysical, but it fizzled out. And one of the things that it reasons it fizzled out was because the manufacturing cost for me to get the materials when like it changed dramatically after COVID or during COVID. People weren't moving, people weren't uh, um, buying pearls. Um, but I'm saying people weren't moving in the sense of um, ships, like actual um, export imports and, and ordering things across the world, across the country had all like dramatically shifted, slowed down and increase in price because that just wasn't happening. You know, like like you live through this, you know what I'm talking about. What's interesting is that and I didn't stop and just be like, I can't. But I took a lot of my inventory that I gathered and I was like, well, I really like these pieces and I just kind of like just kept some of them. I was like, instead of having this like huge inventory for my new uh, pearls collection and, and considering what I was doing was I was getting pieces that were already made versus what I'm doing now, which is making the pieces. It's a more aligned, right? It's more aligned. But what happened, <laughs> happened was like it just I took a pause and I wasn't like actively doing it or not doing it. It just like was it just became hard to do something that would have costed me two hundred dollars. It would have costed me, well, sometimes zero because they weren't even shipping. So, it, you know, it, it was irrelevant, if, even if it, money wasn't the issue. But things did get expensive. Shipping and handling get expensive. And one of the things is that some of the prices didn't change and the shipping didn't change. But it took much longer. So a shipment would come to me two, three months. Then it was six months. And I was like, oh, no. So, you know, we move on. Different things come up in our lives and, and we continue. So I had my pearls and I had a, uh, a little bit of inventory. 
and I kept some pieces. I was like, well, I'll keep you, I'll keep you, I'll keep you. Another thing that I did too is whenever I had photography clients, I would bring them a bracelet, I would bring them something, I gave out a lot of pearls away. I was like, I might as well just use it as like a, 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 a leave behind, a giveaway, something really precious, right? And um, I was already starting to really get into the pearl medicine and the metaphysics behind it. Long story short, I don't know when exactly I decided to start to actually make the pendulum bracelets. I wanted to be half pendulum and half bracelet. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And I started playing with that and I got some materials, a little bit, not too many things. And um, again, I had, I didn't just start right away, but one day I just started to just make them and make them and make them and make them and I didn't stop but they weren't bracelets they were just pendulums and this is my thought process I was like I guess I'll just start with the pendulums and then I'll make the bracelets and here's what I wasn't understanding it was never the bracelets it was always the pendulums but sometimes ideas come in in these gradual steps because you need to do something at that step that doesn't mean that you're like that's it you did it so a few years ago when the idea started, there were certain things that I needed to get, to buy and put together. And then there's some other things that needed to come into play that it didn't come into play till now. I can tell you that I got more pendulums done. And I don't know, I was like going through the inventory that I made myself and I was like, dude, how did I make like 20 pendulums? Just like happy as can be. They're all unique. They're all different. They're all beautiful. They're all modern. Um... There's no one out there making them the way that I am. I found like something so beautiful for me to make and such a gift to the world. There isn't a lot of metaphysical places that are, that are really high end. Maybe you'll find some more here in LA because it's Los Angeles, right? But they're all kind of frumpy and a little bit scary and a little bit weird, right? And I was like, can we be mystical and luxurious why do one thing why do we have to always are, are told to choose why do you have to be like a creepy witch or a fairy why do you can just be a magical being and just um and and also be like like pearls and and, and beautiful things and and spend money and invest money in art you know what i mean like that's that there's that perspective there that we haven't explored we don't have to be boho, bohemian. Anyways, so long story short is that sometimes we spend so much energy in the thinking and then we are being encouraged not to think. But sometimes the thinking's all you got. So all you got is the thinking. And as long as you're thinking of the positive things, it's going to work out. I want to give you a scenario in your mind. So you can think about when, whenever you find yourself like, I can't, I'm, I'm not in the right stuff, I don't have the right money, I don't have that, blah, 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 all the excuses. I want you to find yourself in this scenario. Imagine that you're in jail and it doesn't matter why, but you have no windows. You're in solitary confinement. You have no windows, you have no paper, you have nothing to do, nothing, except you have your mind. So you don't have to journal, you don't have to need candles, you don't need rituals, you have your mind and your mind is enough. So imagine that manifestation works even in jail, even when someone is in complete, uh, uh, you know, out of touch with anything that we use in as far as tools, 
that the only tool that anyone ever needs is the mind. And as long as you're putting inside the mind things you want, then you're going to have the things you want. Uh, we all have heard stories of people who were wrongly accused. And even though they spend 20 years in jail, at some point, they become vindicated and they're released and they're free. And it is the most remarkable story. I want you to understand how long do you think a person has to think about their freedom in order to manifest it in a context like that? Well, 20 years, if it took a person 20 years to be vindicated. So we're not going to make the mistake of spending all this time trying to figure things out. We don't have to figure anything out. And we just dive deep dive into the pleasure of it all. When I was doing my cult of the Supreme Being, my pearl line, when I started doing it, it was more commercial than spiritual. It was more about natural opulence and none of that stuff has changed it's just that it has been added on to i had to get to a certain place for me to see what i really like the real thing and now that i've made my pendulums i completely um i have a couple of bracelets that are bracelet print pendulums but it's really shifted my focus because I don't need to make a gimmick. What I was looking at was a gimmicky type of thing. Not because it's bad, but it's because I was like, well, people are not going to buy this. So let's do this other thing and they'll buy it. Whenever you find yourself compromising, you know, the real vision or, or, or jumping the gun, just let it settle in. Think about it. 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 I know that at one point I was obsessed with like looking at pearls. I was even watching like, um, pearl shows on like like the old ladies you know how there's like the tv channels that you can buy stuff like jewelry they had pearl shows and i would watch it fascinating and i learned about what a keshi pearl was and i learned the value and i went i learned the cost and i learned so many things and i was completely fascinated and let me tell you after that i have never seen another infomercial show like that about pearls again but when you become obsessed with the thing, I didn't become obsessed with making money. I didn't become obsessed with opening the store. And I think that that was the initial mistake. I just got the idea and I'm like, I'm going to open the store and I'm going to do this thing. And what I should have been doing is learning how to make these, these pendulums by hand. Because that, that's where the pleasure came from. The pleasure did not come from ordering wholesale bracelets. The pleasure came from making the bracelet. And once I locked in and I knew that it was a matter that my pleasure, my euphoria, my, my joy was coming from the making of things, not the selling of things, things started to change. Right? I could give a shit if anyone buys any of my pendulums. They're so beautiful that I would not mind keeping them all. But I will sell them and they're gorgeous. Oh my god, like I'm just still looking at this. Um... I got this new display that lets them like hang where before I was like, how am I going to hang this? And it's just precious. Like I can't. It's so beautiful. The colors, the iridescent of the, you know, how it just, uh. and another thing that was really scary for me, but also part of it is I started to really understand luxury and opulence from a religious perspective. If you think about the Bible, Solomon created the most, the most crazy temple for God. And in Egypt, in Greece, all over the world, um, you see that there's pearls, gold, rubies, emeralds, 
precious, semi-precious, all kinds of natural opulence that is given devoted to the gods and gold, silver, metals, copper, and how they were utilized, you know, in, in these sacred places. And I started to think like, wait, were they using the gold because it was like a precious metal? Or is it that they knew that gold had a catalytic effect? Or is it that they know that gold is calibrated to a certain frequency, the same frequency that brings you to that same attuning with the divine? I started to get into the metaphysics behind um, the why are churches adorned with, with art and jewelry and gold foil? Why? Not just because it's pretty. For the gods, there's this natural beautiful crazy opulence that we have never really think about when we think about religion we think about you know hotels and castles um but nonetheless um if we study back 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 in the egyptian times where a lot of luxury and opulence was is part of the history even in the bible it talks about how the hebrews borrowed golds and, and jewelries from the Egyptians when they were running away that one time. Um, but anyways, a lot of their debts were buried with the jewels and golds. And for me, sometimes I understand the people who are translating and transcribing and, and making sense of these cultures, but I listen to it with my the ears of my soul. And a lot of stuff, um, information comes to me um, you know, psychically. So I started to get a really um, different perspective and attunement with why diamonds are high value. And it's not just the perception of scarcity. It's not just marketing and advertising. But if, if, even if you want to give marketing and advertising a little bit of credit, what is the power in the the diamond crystal that it desired to be known and be seen as the most highly you know wanted rock because that's essentially what it is so imagine that I, I, let me tell you a little bit into my world through ho'oponopono we come to understand that everything has consciousness every absolutely everything because let's think about the source of consciousness right everything that we are and everything that was made was made from one source we call this source energy we call this energy god so you can split it and you can make it into water you can make it into soil but it just all comes from the same same source we can agree on that so if you can grasp onto the idea of a pearl or a diamond wanting to have high value, you know, we think that because we are thinking beings that we're the only conscious beings, but imagine that there's a consciousness out there that requires no thinking mechanism, it just is. And that the desire for this rock to sit on a woman's hand is as strong as the desire for the woman to have this rock sit on her hand, right? That these things are mutually desiring the same things, that money and gold wants you if you want it. It just, it is how it goes. And I started to, to understand the metaphysics behind opulence, the metaphysics behind um, what is perceived as luxury, but in particular, gems. Like, I don't, I'm not talking about um, luxury, like going to a luxury hotel, because that is luxury, that is extreme comfort and, and taking care of. But in particular, um, gems, because across all cultures, the um, gold and, and silver and 
precious metals and all those things were always seen as valuable. Was there ever a time that gold was not high value? Was there ever a time where there was like a caveman and picked up a rock of gold and just threw it? I don't think so. Because I understand that consciousness is always biased for the good. So I imagine that some caveman, even if we don't understand how they were thinking, saw a metal and it was shiny and that it became important. Whether because it became important as a tool or, or, or an amulet or, or decoration. It doesn't matter. But I just can't foresee, no matter how idiotic we are, seeing something beautiful, something shiny, something extraordinary with high value and not knowing that that is high value because of whatever we think neanderthals were like right we we know in the more esoterical sense that there have been different um communities different beings uh, and perhaps um people before us that were more intelligent than us right you can watch what is this kid that one guy who remembers all those lifetimes I remember his name right now. He's Hispanic. So he's got, he's like a cute little handsome guy from South America. And he remembers all his lifetimes and, and, you know, and it's really fascinating to, to dive into that, those, that information and see what it is that you can pick up from being part of those conversations. All right. Well, this is all that I have for you today. It's interesting because here it is proof that you don't need to script. You don't need to practice. You don't need to do anything. Um, actually someone was asking me like, Hey, you're so good at live. Like, I'm just like, first of all, I am not good at lives. I just don't give a shit. <laughs> that me, that makes me good at it. But I do have a strategy. The strategy is I just say something punchy and that's what I'm going to talk about. And then I just start talking. And so the strategy is that if you are radically yourself, that if you seek self-improvement, that if you seek to be a vessel for the d- divine, that you allow yourself to be a beginner, you allow yourself to mess up, and that you also allow yourself to be brilliant. And I want to remind you that Nikola Tesla was OCD and probably on the spectrum. And he has been one of the most brilliant minds that this earth has ever seen. So don't fucking care about this or that or the other. Dive, dive, dive deeply into yourself dive 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 take a deep dive into the self you're not going to regret it you're going to fascinate yourself you're going to understand that why you're here so i always ask people we all wonder why god exists and we all know like god is the all and he created the all but have you ever wondered why you exist and why god would create you if god being able to create any freaking thing and has created all the things why you if that doesn't help you feel special, then dig into that thought. Just think about things you think are special. Do you think the sun is special? Do you think the cosmos is special? Do you think that this universe is special? Do you think a diamond, a pearl, how they, they're made? Do you think animals are special? Imagine all the things that you think are special and then just put yourself in that category as like God saw it, that you were so needed, so required in the expansion of consciousness that it concentrated all this momentum energy for you to be materialized. Divine materialized is you. So take advantage of knowing that and understanding that at a deeper level and make something amazing about uh, with your life. Um, okay, so um, whenever you have a chance, I want you to do me a favor and picture your legacy. I'll talk to you soon, bye. 
that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed it and learned something that can take you from diamond in the rough to crown jewel. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and this show, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to come back for our next juicy discussion, of course, about metaphysics, photography, and anything in between. Until then, you can find me, Judy Stars. Bon voyage!